Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, this is John Dorsey. How you doing, buddy boy? Don't be scared. Is this thing on? What's better than this? It's guys being dudes, or a guy being a dude. Here on the Friday edition of the Draft Dudes Podcast, I hope you guys enjoy Joe and I's appearance on Locked On NFL Draft today for the TDN Friday Super Show. We talked about some transfers, uh, the Kelly Bryant situation, a lot of good stuff. Swing over and check it out. As soon as you are done listening to yours truly, I'm Kyle Krabs your solo host for the day, and we are going to rip through some of the college football matchups to look forward to in week five. It's week five of the college football season already. It's hard to believe that we're about a third of the way through the season, but here we are, September coming to a close. Today is Friday, September 28th. Tomorrow is our last September games, and before I get my way into the college slate. I do want to take a moment and give some shouts to the Los Angeles Rams who put up some fireworks last night on Thursday night football. They scorch earthed the Minnesota Vikings defense in a stunning victory. They were dominant 28 points in the first half, 38 points total. They won this football game over the Vikings 38 to 31. Credit to the Vikings for hanging tough. But if you're looking at this football game from a draft assessment perspective, there are two obvious names that need to have a little bit of discussion. One of those being quarterback Jared Goff, the first overall pick from the 2016 NFL draft, who had a career night. He was 26 of 33 for 465 yards and five passing touchdowns. That's good, folks. And it wasn't just the stats. It was the ball placement. It was spraying the ball to all areas of the field. It was the movement within the pocket, the mobility, uh, the zip on the football, the, the long touchdown pass to Brandon Cooks, for example. That ball exploded off his hands for a 47-yard touchdown pass. He showed good touch on the Cooper Cup touchdown reception for 70 yards that put uh, the Rams up for good. They were down 10-7 at that point. And uh, Goff has just really, really blossomed as a football player altogether. And this coming after seven-game sample size as a rookie in which people were questioning, is Jared Goff a thing? Like, is he going to be a thing? Is he legit? Is, or is, you know, this, this looks like a bust already. But if you look at Goff's career statistics to this point now, through the games that he has played, 62% completion, 44 touchdowns to 16 interceptions, 6,300 passing yards. He's having a great season this year. He's averaging over 10.4 yards per attempt in 2018. Let that sink in. Big-time numbers, Jared Goff. And yes, Sean McVay, Coach Sean McVay, has a lot to do with this success for Goff. But a head coach has a lot to do with success of any player, 
really, especially a quarterback. So I think it's terrific to see Goff really swing the pendulum back the other way and have this dominant start to his third season, which is, by all accounts, the year in which you make these judgments of a player and their their abilities going forward. Goff was tremendous last night, not just in the stat sheet, but also the ball placement in tight windows and the finer points of the game. The other name I wanted to, to shout briefly from this Rams game was Cooper Cup, the player mentioned on a 70-yard touchdown. Uh, that is a career-long for Cooper Cup. This was his first career multi-touchdown game. He had 162 yards, nine receptions, two touchdowns, and uh, really is a great illustration of what happens when you play a player to his strengths uh, coming out of college. When, when Cup was coming out of Eastern Washington, I had a third-round grade on Cooper Cup and said, you know, if you could play this guy in the slot, you know, his route-running acumen is going to be terrific. Now, his athletic profile doesn't necessarily project to somebody who's going to be a dominant receiver on the outside. And that's what you're getting with Cooper Cup with the Rams. You know, they've got Brandon Cooks, a guy they can play on the outside. They got Robert Woods, a guy they can play on the outside. They have more dynamic guys on the outside. So now you get Cooper Cup and his route running skills as mismatches against Anthony Barr, who was the one inenviably trying to uh, turn and run with Cooper Cup down the field on that 70-yard touchdown reception. So Cup, if you're a fantasy owner, people ask me for fantasy advice all the time. I am not the person to ask for fantasy advice because my teams tend to suck. I'm too stuck in my own player evaluations in real life to really effectively gauge the the player situation uh, for fantasy. I haven't found that, that uh, middle ground yet, but if you're a fantasy owner, Cooper Cup, put a star here. Go get that guy. If you got that guy, don't trade that guy. I think Cooper Cup, we're beginning to see uh, much more of the ceiling of what Cooper Cup can be, especially in this high-powered, potent L.A. Rams offense. But if we're going to talk about college, which is what I promised at the top of the show, tonight we've got UCLA at Colorado. Um, not too many sexy 2019 prospects in this game. If you look forward to Saturday, we have several games featuring ranked teams. Uh, Number 12, West Virginia at Texas Tech. Expect points in this football game. Uh, I expect another big day from David Sills, another big day from Will Greer. Uh, Question is, whose defense shows up? We obviously have the two top 10 matchups, Ohio State and Penn State at 7.30, and Stanford and Notre Dame, also at 7.30. Thanks, TV programming. We really appreciate the love. Uh, Having to watch both of these two games simultaneously is an inevitable chore, Uh, especially for me. I have a wedding tomorrow. Cocktail hour starts at 5. It's not great. It's not ideal. We'll make it work. Don't you worry. But matchups in these football games. I think Ohio State's Talent level will trump Penn State. I think defensively, Penn State is a little outman this year. They got a lot of new bodies. They lost bodies up front. And they don't have the speed to run with Ohio State and keep them boxed in. So I think if Penn State is going to win this game, it's going to come on the back of Juwan Johnson, Trace McSorley, 
Miles Sanders. It's the Penn State three-headed monster, quarterback, wide receiver, running back. Sanders, to me, looks like the best running back in the Big Ten right now. He's playing excellent, making the most of his first opportunities to be the featured back at Penn State in the absence of Saquon Barkley. Ohio State obviously missing Nick Bosa will hurt, but I think this defensive line, they've got sophomore Chase Young, who is a tremendous athlete, very, very good pass rusher. Draymond Jones, who is a disruptive presence up front. Robert Landers, who I think is very underrated. Uh, I think their front is going to be just fine against a, a Penn State offensive line that I'm not super crazy about. I know people were high on them coming in, but they were high on them because everybody was coming back, not because they were good. It's an important distinguishment to make. So I think Ohio State, Dwayne Haskins, vertical passing elements, uh, accuracy in the in the middle areas of the field, uh, it's a tough chore for Penn State because I think they're outgunned defensively. So you would, can give me Ohio State on the road in Happy Valley beating number 9 Penn State. Stanford-Notre Dame. This one's a little bit more of a murky decision for me as far as what's going to happen in the football game. I could tell you who to watch. Arcega-Whiteside versus Julian Love is a NFL matchup in this football game. Love plays corner for Notre Dame. Arcega-Whiteside uh, off to one of the hottest wide receiver starts in the, uh, in the country. And he's quickly pushing himself up draft boards and perceived boards uh, throughout the month of September. Uh, Notre Dame has a lot of defensive talent that is going to be playing on Sundays. They've got uh, Coney and Tranquil, linebackers. they got Tillery on the defensive line, Julian Love, as I said, the corner. Stanford, it's going to be like... Fittingly, we talked about the Rams earlier. Two of those bighorn Rams, when they charge at each other, put their heads down, and you see which one can just outmuscle the other one for the inch and win each and every butt. I feel like that's what this game's going to be offensively for Stanford. Uh, they do have mismatches with their tight ends, who are spectacular. Uh, Caden Smith is a guy I really, really, really like. Um, and K.J. Costello is, is blossoming as a quarterback. So his ability to take advantage of those tight ends and mismatches uh, may be an X-factor offensively for the, for the Cardinal. Uh, offensively for the Irish, uh, they got a new quarterback, so they actually have a chance to, to pass the football, which is an exciting change of pace for the Irish. Uh, you're not just dropping back and, and holding your breath every time Wimbush takes a snap. So that kind of makes them a wild card for me. I really don't know what to expect. Obviously, they have a very small sample size with this new quarterback. But I'll tell you this about Stanford's defense. They have speed. They have a lot of speed on defense. I'm impressed with this Stanford Cardinal defense. I think this Stanford team, based off of the four-game sample size that we've seen, is the best team in the Pac-12 right now. And uh, if they defeat the Irish... It's, uh, it's pretty exciting times for them because their upcoming schedule, uh, they have two, three fairly difficult games. They have home against Utah on the road at Arizona State, home against Washington State, and then they're at Washington, and that can be a college football playoff game because those two teams play in the same division. Uh, the... 
Pac-12 South is very down this year. Teams being Arizona, who's two and two, USC, who's two and two, Colorado, who's three and zero, UCLA, who's zero and three, Utah, who's two and one, Arizona State, who's two and two. So if Stanford can run the gauntlet here and defeat Washington, and then go into the Pac-12 playoff, having to play a down Pac-12 team, and Stanford can hang their hat and say, "Hey, we beat Oregon on the road." We beat Notre Dame on the road. We beat Washington on the road. You're going to have a hard time convincing me this team doesn't belong in the college football playoff if they run the table. If they drop a a stupid game somewhere, I think it's really going to hurt them. This is not the conference that has wiggle room to get away with it. But there's college football implications, playoff implications, in this football game as well as Pac-12 implications, as well as uh, draft implications. So there's a lot of layers to this football game that I think makes it a very, very interesting game to tune in and see. Obviously, of course, the other big game that we had talked about, the Penn State-Ohio State game, uh, there's a lot of skin in the game there as well. If I were to peruse the rest of this schedule and try and find one more game that I was really, really looking forward to seeing, I'm having a hard time finding it. I might go with Syracuse at Clemson. Revenge game for Clemson. Um, Obviously, Kelly Bryant no longer with the team. He's going to be transferring, so they've made the change to Trevor Lawrence. What dynamics does that change for the Clemson offense? How consistent can he be against the team that defeated them last year? Um, It's a pretty lean slate if you're not watching primetime football at 730. Ole Miss LSU will be a good one. That starts at 9. Obviously, Greedy Williams, doesn't matter who Greedy Williams is assigning coverage this week, it's going to be an NFL matchup. Lodge, Brown, wide receiver one, DK Metcalf. Uh, Williams is going to have his hands full. LSU is going to have their hands full, but LSU's at home. So defensively, they got to show some teeth. Quarterback Joe Burrows really got to make some plays in the passing game. I think Ole Miss doesn't have the defensive fortitude to really stress LSU down the stretch in this football game. I think LSU wins this football game. But uh, I think there's going to be some points here in this one. I don't know what the over-under is. But as our CEO, J.C. Cornell, says, when in doubt, always bet the over. So there you go. You guys have gotten a little betting advice. You got a little college football playoff advice. You got a little fantasy advice. You got a little NFL draft advice today. Uh, Glad we could kind of check all the boxes for you guys taking your into your weekend. Um, Joe Marino is off today, obviously, but you can still reach him on Twitter. We've gotten some feedback on takes on takes for Tuesday next week, which we're very excited about. You can get Joe with that at the Joe Marino. You can get me, Kyle Krabs, with that on Twitter at grinding the tape. Why don't you guys also hit subscribe on the draft dudes? We'll be back on Monday, breaking down the, the weekend action and, Takes on Takes is on Tuesday, and Scout versus Scout on Wednesday. So lots of good segments coming up. We're, we're really trying to keep it flavorful for you guys. We hope you're enjoying it. If you are, think about a five-star review, maybe. I'd love it, personally. Always like when, when our listeners give us a little flair and sass in the comments, too, which is what we're all about here on The Draft Dudes. Thanks so much for checking in on Friday. We hope you guys enjoy the weekend of college football and NFL football. Best of luck to you and your team's games, and we'll catch up with you on Monday.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.